Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID, uh, but not today. Today we're actually going to talk more about what to do while international travel is hibernating. But first, I want to thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Absolutely Nobody. We're always looking for a good sponsor, so send us an email at info at crankyconcierge.com if you're interested. States are opening up, for better or worse. And travel is happening again in fits and starts. At least, that's what you'll see in all the headlines. What's really important to note, however, is the vast majority of travel is now domestic. International travel remains mostly off-limits due to a tangled web of rules that vary country by country. If you were going to land in London, you'd have to quarantine in your hotel room for 14 days without leaving. Going to Paris? No, you aren't. As an American, you aren't allowed to enter the country and will be denied boarding at your departure airport. Okay, how about Tokyo? Mm, not if you've been in the U.S. or a host of other countries within the previous 14 days. If you really want to leave the country, we can find a way for that to happen. But just take a look at the map at iotatravelcenter.com. Note, this is spelled in the very non-American C-E-N-T-R-E way. We'll put the link in the show notes. And you'll find few places that will actually welcome you. You're better off staying within the U.S. this summer. With that harsh reality in mind, we decided to come up with six spots that you might not know about but should consider visiting this summer. From charming getaways to alcohol-soaked scenery, these are places you can get to with ease and keep socially distant when you're there. Remember, Cranky Concierge can always help with flights, but you may not know that we also do hotels, cars, ground transport, all those things. And you'll probably want our help here, because even domestically, states are requiring quarantines. And you'll want to make sure someone is keeping you up to date as you plan your trip. Now, let's get started. For this conversation, I'm bringing in Dave. Dave was our very first Cranky Concierge employee, and now he's going to help me run down these six. Hi, Dave. Hey. Sounding pretty excited about this. I I am as excited as I can be. That There you go. All right. Well, let's just go into it then. So first up is Leavenworth, Washington. If you're wondering why we're starting with a giant federal prison, let's just be clear. That's Leavenworth, Kansas, not Washington. Now, Dave has spent time in both, but we only like to talk about his voluntary visit to the town in Washington. So, uh, Dave, tell us about it. Uh, first off, I've never been to federal prison. Uh, that is slander. Eh, uh, your word against mine. Sure. But the town in Washington is uh, a small Bavarian-style village that really embraces that heritage with festivals year-round. It sits up in the Cascade Mountains, so even though it averages highs in the 80s during July and August, it gets down to an average of 50 at night, so pretty nice. Pretty nice. Now, this summer, maybe not so many festivals. I guess maybe we'll... not so many festivals, yeah. Still Bavarian and presumably beer. Bavarian, beer, brats, you name it. Late, Lederhosen? Uh, optional. Okay, good to know. To get to Leavenworth, Kansas, you can commit a heinous federal crime like Dave. But to get to Leavenworth, Washington, you can fly into the tiny airport in Wenatchee and drive 45 minutes. Or you're probably just better off going to SeaTac and driving the two and a half hours east from there. 
All right, next up is the town that actually inspired Leavenworth to go Bavarian. That's Solvang, California. Solvang was uh, settled by Danes more than 100 years ago, and it's now a small Danish town. So, uh, Dave, what what do you do in a small Danish town? Uh, It may be a small Danish town, but it is a great Danish town. Oh. (laughs) Uh, are there not great Danish towns we should be aware of? Uh, well, it, it means that there are a whole lot of bakeries with uh, spectacular pastries. Uh, they don't call them Danishes for nothing. You'll find restaurants, mm. Danish architectures, uh, a replica statue of the Little Mermaid. Uh, even better, Solvang lies right in the winemaking San Inez Valley near Santa Barbara. Yeah, so... We're sticking with this alcohol theme, I see. Yeah. Well, pandemic, got to get through it. Well, that's a fair point. So, well, all right. To get to Solvang, it is a 45-minute drive northwest of Santa Barbara Airport. But it's also just two and a half hours northwest of LAX or, Dave, probably about three hours from our houses. Just about. Let's do it. Now, let's start heading east where we run into a lot of sand. Southern Colorado, on the eastern edge of the San Luis Valley. That's where you run into the Great Sand Dunes National Park. It's only about 30 square miles, so it doesn't really compare to the Sahara in size. But these desolate dunes are pretty spectacular, and they actually rise as high as 750 feet. So, uh, Dave, uh, do you like snowboarding? Nope. Yeah, neither do I. Way too cold. Not a fan. But... Here, you can pick up a sandboard or a sand sled, which is a thing, and you can go zipping down the face of the dunes at top speed. You you in? Game? Uh, that sounds better than snowboarding to me. Yeah. That's still not a ringing endorsement, but we'll take it. That's about <laughs> as good as we get out of Dave, so fine. Even if you don't want to do that, there are plenty of other things you can do besides just jumping around on the sand dunes. There's hiking trails, horseback riding, all sorts of outdoor activities, the kind of stuff you'd expect to find in the mountains in Colorado. Uh, to get to the dunes, you can fly from Denver to Little Alamosa, which is probably where you'll end up wanting to stay in the area. Uh, then it's a 40-minute drive to the northeast. Otherwise, it's a three-hour drive from Colorado Springs or four hours from either Denver or Albuquerque. Moving on. We take you to southwestern Indiana, to the town of French Lick. Boston Celtics fans like Dave know this as Larry Bird's hometown. This is more slander, which uh, I was not told uh, would be a part of this. Uh, I was born and raised in L.A. I am a Laker fan. All right, fine, Dave, whatever. But the point is, even Laker fans would know that this is Larry Bird's hometown. Still, not a reason to visit, but a fun fact nonetheless. The real attraction here is actually the French Lick Resort, which dates back to 1845. Since that time, it's grown a ton. So it has multiple hotels, stables, golf courses, a casino, and it backs up onto the Hoosier National Forest. So there's all kinds of great wilderness around. And Dave, I know you're excited about this. It's less than an hour from Santa Claus, Indiana, where Christmas lives year round. Come on. Uh, Year round is a bit much. But uh, I'm sure some people like it. Yeah. Okay. French Lick is just an hour and a quarter northwest of Louisville and two hours southwest of Indianapolis. Next, let's head to the far corner of the country, way up in the northeast, over to Bar Harbor and Acadia National Park in Maine. 
Now, Dave, you definitely haven't been here, but tell us what you found out that you like uh, from your research. Well, I love lobster and uh, fun yet alarming fact. Um, more than 5.3 million lobsters were eaten by visitors here in one year. My God, that's a that's a massacre. That's a lot. Now, uh, that sounds great. But what about those with shellfish allergies who can't just sit there and gorge themselves? Well, I'd say you should just stick with Acadia which is a beautiful national park with all kinds of boating and hiking options. If you're looking to go after summer, the fall foliage hits its peak in mid-October. All right, October it is. You can get to Bar Harbor by plane from Boston, or it's a little over an hour away from Bangor. You can also go from Portland, which is a three-hour drive. All right, let's head south. We'll take a look at Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville is the biggest city on our list here, but it's still a pretty small town in the scheme of things. Uh, It sits just across the Tennessee border uh, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Beautiful scenery. Also has a huge arts and music scene, along with minor league sports, uh, whenever sports become a thing again. And uh, this is is all pretty interesting to me, but Dave, really, you only care about one thing. Let's be honest. For all the hopheads and brewbuds out there, Asheville has the second most breweries per capita in the U.S., so beer fans like me, uh, this is you know not the only reason to go, but it is the biggest reason. Hopheads and brew buds? Yeah, man. It's a thing. Okay. Uh, by the way, you can get a twofer for those of you going to Bar Harbor and Acadia. If you fly into Portland, that is the most per capita in the U.S. That's right. Yeah, there you go. All right. Asheville actually has an airport, so you can fly right in. But if you'd rather not connect, it's just a short two-hour drive from Charlotte, and you can get there from pretty much anywhere nonstop on American. Our last stop on the list is the Hill Country in Texas. If your only exposure to Texas is Dallas or Fort Worth, uh, you probably don't think hills exist in the state. Uh, Dave, ever been there? Nope. But uh, I have to admit that doing the research made me want to go to Hill Country. It's north of San Antonio and west of Austin. Uh, it's a pretty expansive area with everything from bird watching and con can to wine tasting in Fredericksburg. It's wine, beer. You're, you're fine with either. You're not going to be picky I, here. I am not picky. I am good with whatever gets me through the pandemic. Okay, there you go. To get to the Hill Country... Fly into either Austin or San Antonio, and you won't have to drive more than three hours to get to even the farthest reaches of the region. Most of the places are closer than that. Uh, Obviously, look, these six are just some of the examples of the many things you can do around the country. We have plenty more ideas that just won't fit into a short podcast, and you may have to be ready to shift on a moment's notice if quarantine rules change as they have been. So keep that in mind. Just know we're here to help. Uh, While many of you would like to travel this way, we know that other people prefer to stay in a big city with a luxury hotel or spend time on a sandy beach. Uh, If you'd like to explore those ideas or any others, Cranky Concierge can help you book your entire trip. Just find us at crankyconcierge.com or email us at info at crankyconcierge.com. All right. Thanks, Dave. Now let's see if people like you uh, joining me on these podcasts. Yeah, we'll see. Please email us all your feedback. We want to hear it. At least I want to hear it. I don't know if Dave does. <laughs> you have nothing else to say. I, you know, feedback is feedback is precious, and I appreciate all of it. 
there's that trademark Dave enthusiasm. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. Before we finish up, I want to again thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Nobody. Come on. You know you want to sponsor the next podcast. If you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, or if you want to sponsor, let us know via email at info at crankyconcierge.com, or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Cranky Concierge. If you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, you can subscribe to Cranky Daily at crankydaily.com.